Meryl Memo with Matthew Dickerson from Dubbo Regional Council. Welcome to the Meryl Memo podcast. While the normal host, Mark Barnes, is away over the Christmas break, I've taken the opportunity to interview the councillors individually about their first year with the new council. 23rd of December 2021 was the day that the new council was sworn in and inducted, and the councillor interviews were conducted within a few days either side of the one-year anniversary of that date. The process was straightforward. I invited all of the other nine councillors to be a guest on the Merrill Memo podcast. I then created 10 questions that explored some information about each councillor and about their first year in the role. Feedback was provided by the councillors on those questions and, after some modifications, all guests were then asked those identical questions. Each councillor sat down with me in my makeshift studio at home and asked them each of the 10 questions, plus a bonus anything else question. I am publishing two of those interviews each week in reverse alphabetical order, and the Mayoral Memo podcast will then resume as normal when Mark Barnes returns from holidays. I hope you enjoy the insight into the minds of our councillors. This week we have Shibli Chowdhury and Lewis Burns. Today I've got Councillor Shibli Chowdhury with me. Shibli was elected from the South Dubbo Ward in December 2021, so this has been his first year on council. So, how are you going today, Shibli? Yeah, good, uh, Mr Mayor. Thank you for inviting me in your podcast. Oh, Thank my, you. my pleasure. So, I've got some questions for you, Shibli. Question one, what motivated you to stand for council elections in December 2021? Thank you, uh, Matthew. The first thing is like I, I, I'm a bit um, involved with the community last all the years, different community groups and um, different committee with the council. And I found like a, um, uh, during my time as a community member, uh, council lost bit connecting connection with the community. So I thought uh, it would be good if I can get elected, run for the council, make sure this community back and also like a be in their voice, like a, I can be true reflect of their voice their problem I can discuss with the council chamber right way and also like a, uh, as you are aware of like uh, we have a big multicultural communities growing and uh, I thought like it would be good if we have a good representation within the community. Yeah it's good and you talk about that multicultural community 18.8% of our community now was born overseas at the last census so yes. that's a fairly significant community. Yes uh, and uh, surprisingly it keep growing uh, and if you see last uh, month there was a state came like 11% higher than like a Urana region get 11% higher than anyone else. So mm. we are attracting a lot of people in our town, yeah. And that's really, I think, the melting pot we've got in Dubbo now. It's really changing the face of Dubbo, which is very exciting. Correct. Yeah, I can. I, I always keep saying like the last five years back, the way we're thinking now, today we're thinking different way because uh, Dubbo is pretty growing and a lot of people are coming different aspects. So uh, it's amazing, like uh, the way Dubbo is growing, uh, and I hope so. It keeps going. <laughs> mm. And the committees you talked about there, I think we've now got 16 of those community committees, so a lot of those have been brought back there. So that's fantastic as well. Correct. And I think the feedback you're getting from those committees is quite positive. Yeah, definitely. Might, uh, you know, I do a lot of volunteer works b- uh, beside my council job and my full-time job. So I met with a lot of people uh, in different places and people call me and uh, p- people appreciate like they ca- came back. And I, I always believe, Matthew, like uh, the job we're doing for as a councillor we're doing for community. Are we representing the, our community? So uh, it need to be. They need to be part of us, so we can take the right decision in right time. Uh, and um, it's gonna be. Uh, I believe in a good teamwork. So you know, it, we, we cannot take decision or cannot take something uh, without the community. So I think it's better if uh, community and councillors, council all work side by side. Yeah, good. How would you describe your most enjoyable aspect of being a councillor? Mate, um, I think like, a, you know, I'm a great believer of teamwork. So um, like a, I want to see as a councillor, 
uh, work with all 10 counselors together because like it's like a sports you know uh, like uh, like a cricket uh, so we need to uh, all the player need to uh, hard work team together make a plan together and we uh, deliver the good outcome for the community so i think this is a most uh, like i enjoy this teamwork and I, I believe that the current counselors have different they came from different background different thinking and at the day end we all t- talk and share things each other so that helps us to make a good outcome for the community mm. and a bit like using your cricket example yeah. you often hear a batsman or a bowler interviewed at the end of the match and they've done something wonderful individually, but they always talk about they'd prefer to get the team result rather than the individual result. So scoring a century means nothing if you're in a losing team. So I think that's a really important aspect you've touched on there. Correct. And always I believe this year I have only one vote. So, you know, any decision I need to take part of, uh, take the other nine councillor with me to take any any vital decision. And also like a, uh, at the day end, we're taking decision for the community. So, you know, uh, we need to be good teamwork and um, and then, then we can get, we can get a good outcome. So how did the teamwork go at this golf that we played for our councillor Christmas function? <laughs> I think pretty well. Uh, I think somehow they uh, miscalculated my number. <laughs> but uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, like it. It's a really different um, um, experience to me. I never had a, uh, that sort of experience. But uh, it's at the day end, we've all been together, relax, talk together and be in sporty mood. You know? yeah. What are Council's greatest achievements this year? Um, as I mentioned, Matthew, like a, like a, I feel like a, you know, um, we all like a working for the community, and uh, and as a uh, councillor, when we elected and we came to the um, uh, first meeting, we decided we will bring back all these community committees. And I think that's the best part. Uh, I believe, like uh, we did, because of uh, the community committees been back and their uh, their voice been heard, and they uh, the community committees like uh, these committee members are always very uh, giving us the a uh, lot of in, uh, information of what happening with the within the community, what they want to achieve, and those uh, then uh, through that committee we discuss a lot of things and. At that time, um, later we bring those decisions to the council and talk to the different council, uh, like a different uh, label, and bring it to committee, me- uh, like a council meeting. Then we can take uh, take the right decision. So I think uh, community committee. I feel like a, uh, I think big, uh, like one of the big, uh, um, like out, out good outcome. I feel like yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that's significant, the number of community members that are now involved with council where they weren't involved before, I think they really appreciate that. Correct, yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, like a, I feel like a, I get a lot of positive comment from the committees and the, from the local too. So they can talk to us anytime and, you know, with the committee members also. I've been through like a, with Councillor Ivy in part of village committee. So I've been... Uh, um, like I'm going through different villages, talk to the villages, and it's fantastic. People appreciate that. You know, it's in the, uh, it's been stuff for a few years. So they seen councillor working hard. They're going back to their community, not sitting in the chamber only. They're going back to the community, talk to them in in with them face to face, and um, like a. And they can share the, their problem, and we uh, and uh, we can bring those problems or any suggestion to the council uh, meeting, and then councillor can take the right decision. How do you think that council could have done better this year? As a uh, lucky, you know, um, I have a financial background, so I would like to see numbers. So, uh, like, a council has a, b- a huge range of businesses like e- airport, sale yard, childcare, and uh, like a caravan park, um, a whole range of uh, like a businesses. So, I think like a communities sometimes they uh, don't see the numbers. So, and they think, oh, what happening? Like, why my this service is not having done or that sort of thing. So, uh, as you might are you aware of, like, a council is trying to do financial dashboard for the community. So, through that community, it would be simple uh, numbers, and they can see where is all the money is coming and going 
going so through that they can understand a bit more clear um, clear idea of what happening within the financial side so i think that financial dashboard would be like i would like to see is uh, happening very quickly and um, so uh, like uh, I get a lot of phone calls for lawn mowing services and those sort of services and uh, people ask me like oh can I, my um, like you know those roads not been done uh, lawn mowing not been done and those sort of things so if we can show them like uh, the financial situation and plus like a um, um, those are like a and if they can see some sort of schedule so they can understand it's like a uh, not every day it's there's some schedule and council will do by like within that time frame definitely yeah and obviously council's working towards that financial dashboard concept but i think that also goes to the whole idea of transparency openness letting people see all the information see those numbers because it's not our childcare, it's not our cell yards, it's the communities. So I think they'll really appreciate the idea of being able to see that information. And that's being developed, but obviously that's something you feel could have been done better throughout the year. Exactly, Matthew, as, uh, as we all taking the responsibility on behalf of community and community need to know what's happening and where is all this money coming from different government levels, like a different grants and how we're spending this money. So it will give a really a positive idea to the community. What was your toughest individual decision this year as a councillor? Um, <laughs> uh, I think like uh, when we first started, like uh, we, uh, we all knew. So as a new councillor, it's really hard. I, I can um, like uh, remember one of the DA approval for Maclay Street uh, boarding houses. And it's re- it was really challenging for us. And especially for me, because as a new councillor, I, I have not enough in, uh, like a knowledge of how to um, how to do this de approval taking decision. And when it, that came, like uh, we talked, uh, like uh, there was a bit um, community has like a different view than builder, and uh, like uh, the information I received, the the DA has absolutely uh, like a uh, no problem, like it's uh, like a uh, everything like uh, within the law, but uh, community has a different perspective so as a councillor we deferred that decision because uh, we need to need more information and uh, like we went to talk to the community on site we talked to the community we talked to the builder and uh, and at, at the day end we take the decision I know it was really hard for me like uh, which side I should go you know who should I because uh, we need uh, because housing is critical shortage in um, our region and everyone ever of the ever of that and also like we working so hard to um bringing more housing in our community other side uh, the boarding house creating some issues within local community too so uh, you have uh, both side we had to handle uh, and i found like as a new council it was really challenging yeah, and that was very early in the new council right. term. So <laughs> yeah. thrown in the deep end, definitely. Yeah. And I'm not normally a fan of deferring decisions. I believe we normally have enough information to make a decision, but that was one of the few times that I did actually say to my fellow councillors, I'm happy to defer this because I think there's a lot of information to gather here together. So they are the tough decisions, aren't yeah, they? When you've, You can see a great point of view from one person on one side or one group of people and then a great point of view from a group of people on the other side and both of them you feel like have got absolutely valid points of view but you can't say yes to both. You've got to eventually say yes to one and no to the other. So they are the tough ones. Yeah, it's absolutely. What have been your challenges or frustrations as a councillor in the last year? Uh, Matthew, as I mentioned, like as a, with new councillors, I'm so happy with all the councillors. Very positive and very um, like a very informative. Always uh, like a sharing each other all the information and we uh, we discuss things. But most challenging, I found like a uh, you know we have a lengthy induction pro- uh, process, and through that induction process, uh, also a lot of uh, like a uh, LGNSW that. Uh, Act a lot of act we need to know, but also like a, there was a uh, community demand, <laughs> a lot of things. Like a, it's like a bit challenge for me to learn within short frame. Plus also like a deliver um, a lot of projects within the community. For an example, like a, people call me for 
like a, as I mentioned before, lawn mowing. They need um, uh, the uh, 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 the roads need to be done with lawn mowing and other things. So, you know, I cannot call to council and ask them to do uh, straight away because there was a, some shared land is uh, against the um, uh, the act, uh, the law. Um, as a council, I cannot um, do anything on operation matter, but we can definitely pass their message, put uh, their message to the DRC and me. So, uh, you know, um, those sort of uh, challenges I feel like most challenged to me because there was a lot of big expectation, large expectation from the community and and other other hand, we have the, we had to follow all this act, regulation, um, and, uh, you know, I think that's most challenging, yeah. There's a lot to learn, isn't there? Correct, yeah. And you can't really prepare for it until you get elected to council and then you get hit with all of this information and you're trying to absorb it all, still respond to the community. So, yeah, it's a, it is a big challenge. So I think you went through it very well, but it is a big challenge to no, start thank with. thank you. What was the most surprising or unexpected aspect you found about council this year? I think, like, a, honestly, I think, like, a, the fluoride been missing three and a half years uh, that been missing and community have no clue even though as a community member I never had a clue that well, uh, the fluoride is missing within the uh, of, from our water so as a councillor I think like a, uh, when we first um, know from the, our staff and we decided it's not a good news definitely it's a bad news but we need to uh, inform to the community because the, uh, at the day end this is um, a com- uh, this is a health issue. So we had to inform the community that fluoride is missing uh, three and a half years. And that's most uh, like a surprising for me that how come it's not been uh, advised. And I talked to the previous uh, few councillors, they are not ever too. So, um, you know, that's uh, surprised like a how come we missed out, uh, such an important thing. Uh, it's needed. But uh, I'm really grateful the uh, council staff took that action and they are now working on to bring that fluoride into the water. And it is a surprising aspect, obviously. Not a good surprise. Yeah. And it wasn't something I'm sure that no councillor stood for election last year was thinking, I want to get on a council because I want to get some fluoride back in the water because <laughs> it was an assumption that it was in the water. Got it. So yeah. it, it was very surprising. So, yeah, that's a, a good one. <laughs> How would you describe the public perception of council? I found like a, uh, there uh, there was a largely very positive, and still there is a bit negative um, uh, thinking. But uh, most of them are coming to me like a very positive talk to me, and also like a one good thing is uh, this council councillors are out, people can talk to me. People can call me. We have all, they have all the information with them. Plus, we're doing like a leader's breakfast. People can come and talk three level of government um, uh, leaders, and they can talk in one place, discuss a lot of uh, their issues, and we can say uh, which one is state, federal, or uh, council. So I think that's the... Um, uh, like you know, community is seeing like a lot of positive thing happening. You know, yeah, and it is interesting, isn't it? The public perception of council it comes down to what some individuals tell you about. It's hard to get that overall snapshot until we do do a wider survey. But you, you do get different perceptions from different individuals. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> What would you like to see council achieve in 2023? Um, I, I, I think like, a, you know, uh, as a council, councillors and uh, council, everyone working for community. So uh, I believe like we need, uh, we can do a bit more clear communication from all the level uh, with the communities, plus increased trust, uh, more increased more trust within as a community, um, as, and also like a uh, community are welcome to give us more feedback so we can working towards to uh, what they want because at the day end we work for the community. What does the Dubbo region look like in 2050? 
mind. I would like to see one of the best region in the world. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, it's fantastic. We have a lot of infrastructure happening within our, uh, within our region and it's growing, massive growing. Like a, I want to see, like, a, you know, the, uh, the people are coming to our region, so more uh, appropriate transport strategy be, need to be done, more roads need to be done. Like and our airport is like a growing, uh, and um, yesterday like we had been uh, like a get uh, government fund for the uh, do some uh, planning to do um, like a strengthening and um, strengthening our like our airport um, um, that um, like a, so we can bring more like a larger plane, larger aircraft within our um, re- region, and also like a renewal uh, renewal energies renewable energies growing. And um, also, like a, a like a in twenty fifty, I would like to. Um, I think like that ESM mining will be uh, starting their operation. Hopefully, that's gonna help our community. Rain, rail maintenance facilities is already nearly finished by next year, and we would like to see like a three D printing building you know within our region so we'll be the leader you know uh, showing people and showing other region that like a, we are in advanced level to uh, cope with new technology and you know um, so community can see the sort of uh, thing or good things happening it certainly sounds exciting to be part of a region that looks like that yes. in the next 27 28 years correct yes <laughs> So any final comments or general comments that you've got? Um, like a, uh, um, like a, this is before Christmas. So I would like to wish uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to my to all the community members, uh, community me- uh, local members, and also like I would like to uh, see a bit more engaged. Like a community can come to any of us. Uh, to any idea, anything they want to share with us, feel free to uh, contact with me or any counselors. We all be we all for you. And um, I'd like to see a lot of positive things happening. Yeah, well done. Well, it's been a joy to work with you this year, Shibley. Yeah. Thank you for your time and efforts. I think the community really appreciates it. And I'm looking forward to a, a really exciting 2023. It's been a lot of learning that's happened this yeah. year. Next year, I think the councillors will really forge ahead with all that knowledge under your belt and then really take this region forward. Yeah. So good luck for next year. I'm looking forward to working with you. Thank you, Matthew. And I'm looking forward to 2023. It's uh, 2023 because it's a very challenging year. So ho- hopefully as a team, we can uh, bring a lot of good outcome for the community. Thank you. I'm here today with Councillor Lewis Burns, who was elected for the East Ward back in December 2021, so a first-term councillor. How are you going today, Lewis? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, actually really good. I'm really enjoying these podcasts, so it's, it's fantastic. So I've got 11 questions for you today. Question number one, what motivated you to stand for council elections in December 2021? Well, that's a deep question because I never, ever thought I would be on council as I was um, going through life, but <clears throat> there was a there was a time in uh, nine in two thousand and twenty uh, two thousand twenty uh, where there was there were some decisions that were made by council posted online, and uh, I I thought these decisions are not. Um, they never really crossed the traditional owners' um, table, so to speak, or the traditional owners were never asked or advised. And I thought there's something wrong. So what we need to do is make sure that the um, the traditional owners are represented in Dubbo because we got an anti title de- determination in uh, 2014, and I sent all the information to the council at the time, um, and we're still trying to stand up on our own land, basically. And that's the reason why I got involved with council, because I thought if I couldn't fix it from the bottom, I'd fix it from the top. And what's been really good is we've got two original councillors on council now, yeah. yourself and Pam, and that's the first time we've ever had two on, if you go back through the history of Dubbo City Council and Dubbo Regional Council. And I must admit, I during my previous term on council, 2004 to 2016, that whole time I was on council, Rod Towney was on council with me, so I had a lot of time and respect for having an Aboriginal voice on council. 
and it's interesting that you point out during the last term of council, there weren't any Aboriginal councillors. When you've got 16.5% of our population Aboriginal, that seems like uh, definitely an oversight. And again, I know it's an election process, but I think it's really great having two Aboriginal councillors now. I do too. And, and you know the funny thing, and honestly, I, Pam and I didn't even talk to each other before we made that decision. <laughs> so I'm running for council. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so that was it, and we both ended up on. So it was a real surprise for me. I just didn't expect to get on. But at the time, I was the first one on, and they said, yeah, Lewis is on, but we just could see who the next nine are. So that was pretty crazy for me. Yeah. How would you describe your most enjoyable aspect of being a counsellor? Oh, <clears throat> I think it's something I've never thought of, but it is enjoyable because people who have never ever rang me before ring me and ask me questions about, well, they try and you know influence my decisions, basically. But it's good to be able, um, uh, it's um, pleasant it's surprisingly pleasant to get phone calls from people who've never rang me, but they ring for a good reason. Yeah, and it's actually interesting hearing from people in the community, isn't yeah. it? Hearing different opinions, yeah. different and I like to have talks with them, you know. I like to have a yarn with them if I've got the time when they ring um, because I'm learning a lot too about yeah. other things, aspects that I never really worried about in town. So should I warn people when they ring you for a five-minute conversation, it might end up being a half-hour yeah, conversation? Yeah, it could be a long one, <laughs> <laughs> especially if I answer the phone because I very rarely do that. <laughs> what are Council's greatest achievements this year? Oh, in my opinion, um, it was what happened on Australia Day. So... Um, how we attended the Australia Day ceremonies and then all the councillors that could came to the Survival Day ceremonies. And I thought that was a good thing and it's a start for something that, um, well, it's gonna, we've got to have to pull together at some point <laughs> because no one's going away. So that's where I'm at with that and it's good to see that it's finally happening. Mm. And uh, I know I have quoted you a few times for what you said on Australia Day at the... Council Australia ceremony about unity, the fact that you said you stood on an election platform of unity yep. and you got to walk the walk, it's all well and good to talk the talk and you were there as part of that. Yep. And I actually really enjoyed that day as well. We had the formal council ceremony that's been going for a long time, but then going over and attending, as you say, the, the sorry day, the invasion day, the genocide day, I'm, I'm not sure survival. people give different survival day, people give it a whole range of different names, but attending that particular component of the same day, but in different circumstances, I think mm. that was good. And it, it was quite interesting to watch councillors there uh, trying to dance along with, with yeah, it was. the Aboriginal dancers there. <laughs> and some people got photos of that, so <laughs> you can see that. That's right. How do you think that council could have done better this year? Well, well, that's that's a hard one because I've only been in a year, and um, I, you know, in in the meetings I did discover that there was um, m- there was money being spent on things that will be gone, dead money, sort of thing, you know, and that was disappointing. So, uh, but the problem is, is that it's something that this council inherited, so. Um, that was really disappointing to to hear about, you know, the pipe or whatever it is that it's in the ground, uh, and it's a dead asset. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure how that happened, but you'd think somebody along the line would have picked up on it. And it's probably a good lesson for us as well that when we make decisions at council, you need to make sure that you've thought through various aspects of it, you've got all the information, and it hasn't happened a lot this year, but a few times we have deferred a decision because we felt like we didn't have enough information. So that's a really important aspect, getting the information, because when we make a decision, 
that's the decision. Yep. You can't go back and dig up that pipeline and say, yeah. oops, we didn't mean to spend that money. So when you make those decisions, you've got to be sure and confident of them. Yeah, that's right. Even though, you, you know, sometimes you feel different. Oh, well, you feel one way about it. You make decisions to stop the, stop the loss. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. What was your toughest individual decision this year as a counsellor? Gee, there were a few. I don't think um, I really, I don't think I really have to, to say that I had tough decisions because I'm deciding as one of ten, and I did vote against some things, but were carried. So I feel like I've done my job. Um, I can't think of one one decision that was tough, but I was. Um, <clears throat> I suppose any decision over the river, over the riverbank, I'm going to try and vote against building or developing anything in along the river. Mm-hmm. But. Um, uh, that was the one thing that was worried about. I thought there was a big plan to develop the whole Regan Park and um, I was a bit worried about it. And uh, now we've got the master plan out on display. Obviously, a lot of those fears have been put to rest for people. Yep. I had a look at it and I voted. I, I went through it. There's three options and I I voted for the option that did the least development. Because yep. uh, it's just a lovely place to be and we were there last weekend, two weeks ago, whatever, and everybody was in, you know, it just puts you in a good mood, mm. being around nature. It was actually quite nice, wasn't it? That was our Councillor Christmas yes. function you referred to, playing a bit of disc golf down there, yeah. then having a barbecue and just having the sunset over that sandy beach area there with the river flowing in the background was a very nice area. Yes, and hopefully people in 100 years can do the same. Mm. Yeah, that's good. What have been your challenges or frustrations as a counsellor in the last year? Okay, the challenges is not getting all the information in my head. Like I, I run an eye over stuff, but sometimes when there's 400 pages to read, you don't really get through it all. So you kind of got to flick over it. So my challenges is getting the information in my head properly. But uh, something I, it's one of my things that I've concentrating on doing next year. And that's that challenge is absolutely there and real and I don't think many people realise how much information we're given because obviously mm. we have to make a decision at the end of the day with all of that information. Yes. At least on the on the positive side of that, we've normally got some workshops and some briefings and some discussions and then it might go to standing committees and then two weeks mm. later it might come back to council. So you've normally got a few versions of it or a few iterations of information before it finally gets to that final council decision meeting. So that's one positive there. But sometimes the business papers, we get them and we've got a few days to read, as you say, sometimes 400 pages. So it's a fair bit of work, a fair commitment, isn't it, as a councillor? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like read this book before Thursday. (laughs) So it's not big on reading, but I can flick through things. But also I think you add value to the discussion. So when we're having the discussion about things, again, you might have read over it and, and yeah. skim had a skim read of something, but then adding to the discussion and being able to have that addition to the discussion I think is important as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, I know that um, I, the discussion that takes place at council, is always it always puts it into line for me. Yep. So uh, I understand what, if I've read a bit of it, and then we get to council and we can talk about it, then I can understand what direction we're going. Yeah, and just sometimes just one of the questions you might ask might be that pivotal question or that question that mm. makes sense to everyone or opens up something else we're going to go and look into further. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times you ask a question and you don't realise that you're going to get like three answers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to do, make sure. I know it's one thing that I've always... Um, Pam shows it a lot more in question asks. She, she'll do it regardless. She asks a lot more questions than me. But um, maybe that's why I don't, because I know she'll ask it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
yeah, it's good to keep up with everything. Uh, I'm learning every day, and I don't. I think it's a good thing that I'm on and Pam's on, uh, and I can see things coming better for the better, yeah. especially in the unity because um, I'm big on that, and I don't like it when you can't look someone in the eye down the street and say hello and they look away. I want to stop that um, when people say hello to each other. You remember them days mm-hmm. when you used to walk down the street and you said hello to everyone you walked past? Yep. They're gone. Yeah. Uh, want to bring them back or, you know, at least for a weekend. <laughs> Maybe we do that. Maybe we have a, a weekend of saying hello to everyone. Yeah. And it's funny because I ride my bike or sometimes go for a run around Tracker Riley. And I do do that. I still say good day or wave mm. to people as I go past. Sometimes I'm puffing too hard. I can't say hello and, yeah. I, and I just wave. But I do that if I'm away somewhere and I might be in Sydney for a, for a night and I go for a run in the morning around Hyde Park. And I do the same there and I think I'm going to get arrested yeah. because people look at me people very strange. People look at you and say, what are you talking to me for? That's right, don't was look you at me. talking to me then? <laughs> it's strange. Sydney didn't – it was been like that all the time but I noticed when the Sydney Olympics was on, everyone was well, – it was like one family. Yeah. It was a just different atmosphere. Yep. So we need a say good day weekend. Maybe. That's what we need. Yeah. Good idea. But um, the way I'm doing it is through this Indigenous festival. So I make it bring in people from around the world that are still living traditionally in their own lands. Um, educate community about Indigenous people all over the world. It's free to come in. You know, that's that festival I do, the Spirit of the Planet. And mm. we try and shoot for 2024 now. But um. That's the reason I um, wanted to bring that back because I saw uh, red, yellow, black and white people high-fiving and dancing together. Yeah. Mm. Sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. Looks good. What was the most surprising or unexpected aspect you found about council this year? Um, Surprising... Oh, you know what I did find, and this year you can just say since my since election because it was only two weeks into last year, but um, the uh, the way the council formed, uh, like nobody, we all didn't know, a lot of us didn't know each other, and now we feel like a team, and that's that's was really unexpected. But I thought it was going to be like, oh, the us and them. Yep. <laughs> but um, it feels like a, it feels like we're a team, and everyone's got the right attitude, and you know, going forward, um, feels good to be part of it. Yeah, good, and I am a big fan of that approach. Mm. Certainly, through my time on council, I've seen it in both ways, and I am a big fan of the team environment. Some people. Are critical of that. I've heard some people in the community say, oh, they shouldn't all get on so well together. There should be this animosity or different points of view coming together. But I'm not sure what you think, but I certainly think you can have different points of view but still be a team. You can still yeah. bring different things to the table but still do it in a, a way that's nice, a way that's conducive to good discussions. It doesn't yeah. have to be a battleground. It's sort of like the old, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. <laughs> and if we stick to that, we're still going forward. Mm. We're just not letting our emotions get involved. Yeah. That's the biggest thing when you see meetings. People take their emotions in and let them out, whereas they only need to talk about the, the subject. Yeah, not not the people. Yeah. yeah that's right. And we've seen that. We've seen some good debates at Council. I've really yes. enjoyed them where you've got different points of view brought forward. And as you said, there's been times you've voted against things and people mm. have voted in different ways. So that's great. In fact, one of my most enjoyable nights when friends get together is when we sit around a dinner table and we just talk about nothing in particular, but there's different points of view and it's not as if we have arguments. I've got some of these friends I used to go to school with and I've had friends for decades and we'll sit there and have these great debates and discussions mm. about different topics. It doesn't mean we disagree and we don't like each other anymore. We don't talk anymore. Well, the good thing is you don't have to vote on it. At the end, <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> that's probably you a talk good thing. about it all day. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But again, that's really important. I actually think the concept of having a meal together afterwards is really important because mm. sometimes you might get to the stage where you go, oh, Lewis voted that way and I voted this way. What was he thinking? You sit down at a meal afterwards, after the vote's over and after the heat of the battle's gone, 
and you can then just sit down and talk about, again, nothing in particular, and there's yeah. no vote at the end of it. Yeah, I like that. Um, that's one of the things that, that comes back to the last question of surprise because I've seen that in council where you can dis, you can agree, disagree on something in a meeting and then at dinner you sit next to the person and have a good old yarn about something else. Yeah, yeah. Or it might even be <coughs> you and I might vote against something yeah. on one agenda item and the next agenda item we're arguing for the same thing mm. and that's a really important thing. I like the fact that we've got individuals representing the community on council so that they're all there bringing their point of view. So it's not like you have to be aligned with people and you have to vote with those people just because you're aligned together. You've got individuals bringing individual views to the table. Yeah. And, yeah, that's good. How would you describe the public perception of council? Um, I think it's up as when you look at um, when you look at the public perception of council last year um, and then they voted us all in and now they've had a year to assess what we're doing and how we're doing but um, I think the public perception is above average for us like the I think that the most of the community is happy that we they've got that they've got the council they got. I think a small amount of people, um, small amount of people maintain a, uh, a conversation that doesn't really represent the community because it's too small a percentage. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a group on online that monitors what council does and talks about it amongst themselves, but it's only a couple, not even 2,000 people, and you know we're 50 plus. So we've got to make sure that um, we're talking to everybody and can't really use that for a... And a you can't really use that as a... a, a I can't think of the word, but... A barometer, maybe. Yeah, not really, because it's too small an amount to gauge... What would you like to see council achieve in 2023? 2023. I'd, well, one of the things that really raised my eyebrows was the picture of everybody out on the tarmac at the airport. So seeing bigger planes land would be nice. Um, only saying that from a traveller's point of view. But um, uh, it's been a long time coming. And, uh, well, I I just want to, the reasons that I got on council, you know, I got a, I got, if, if we lean further towards unity and to community and that sort of thing, then I feel as though we're going in the right direction. So, you know, one thing would have been, if I was going to have that festival next year, would have been, uh, you know, like seeing people enjoy themselves and have fun, basically. And I, that's what I want to see is people coming together as a community, because we're still a community, we're not too big yet, <laughs> um, but it does feel like a strange place to live now as opposed to 30 years ago when everyone knew each other. Um, but it, yeah, it would be nice to see the town. The town's sort of becoming uh, a city where you don't know half the people and you're walking past people and you don't know where they're from or if they're from here or there or wherever the visitors. It's all, it's all changing. We used to be able to tell by looking at someone if they were a visitor. or you. But you could always say day to people, you know, and they'd give you a nod or something. So it'd be nice to be able to go back to that. But I don't know if it's going to – I don't know if it's in the universe Probably comes down to population size, doesn't it? Yeah. You probably still do that in smaller communities, but yeah. Dubbo may be getting too large for that. I think so, and very fast. Mm. Just, and I'll, I'll pick on a point that you mentioned earlier, you talked about the achievement from Australia Day 2022. We've obviously got some minor, but I think important changes for Australia Day 2023, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully we can get everybody on board, or most of the people. You can't please everyone, but there's got to be change. Um, the only time change happens is when you change. <laughs> so um, when we we got to do something, and we'll go down as 
at least making the first step. Yeah, yeah. yeah something's got to happen because there's still segregation in the town and we've got to come together because no one's going away. No, I think that'll be very interesting. And I think it'll take a few years to happen. I don't think it's all going to yeah, happen in one year. Maybe a few generations. Maybe, yeah. But we've got to start somewhere, haven't we? So I think that's the important thing. What does the Dubbo region look like in 2050? Oh, that's a scary thought. You know, as I've been, I've <laughs> from my point of view, really, because um, I travel the world and I acknowledge the traditional owners wherever I go and um, sometimes they're there or sometimes they're wiped out but people usually understand the traditional owner who they were or who they are so but sometimes I'll go to to land or to perform on some people's land and I'll say I need to know who the traditional owners are so I can acknowledge them and they say we don't know so I just want to make sure that never happens here, like Paris, killed the river. All the nature's dying, the river and the trees, but they, you know, you can't swim in the river. And these are things that I don't want to see happen here because it's going, we're in the same timeline. All we've got to do is add the people and those things will happen. Um, and they don't remember who the traditional custodians of the land are. So I just don't want that to happen here. I'll be dead and gone, but at least the name will be still around. And I think it's important, as you say, it's that sort of process of custodianship. Yeah. You're doing your part now and future generations, there'll be future councillors here and hopefully mm. they'll continue on that same custodianship. And I think it's important to hang on to the cultural aspects. Hang on to our culture, it's very important. It's sort of like what's getting a lot of us through. Um, so... Uh, and it's what people come into Australia for. You know, half the people that come to Australia want to know about Aboriginal culture. The rest of them are business people. So... Um, if you look at that aspect of it, that's really interesting because if you go to Sydney or Paris or London or New York, you can go to the same sort of shops. So you can go and yep. buy nice shoes or nice dresses at similar or even identical shops in those locations. So what makes it unique coming to Australia, what makes it different coming to Australia? And I think you've hit the nail on the head. The culture that we've got here is an incredibly important part of that. Yeah, and it's, when you really think about it, it's the closest thing the world would have to study um, if they want to know how life was before, like, European civilization. So if they want to know how they live traditionally, then be you know a thousand or two thousand years ago, they could look at how we lived, because we were still living it. Mm. Yeah, so that's um one of one of the things that I saw as important, and but I would just main, mainly want to keep it alive because I don't want to see it die. So even if it's going to be at a cultural centre and people are living it and talking about it, then that's acceptable. So I've got one last question that just asks for any other general comments. Now, before I ask you that question, you've been good enough to bring your didgeridoo or one of your didgeridoos along for me, one of your handmade didgeridoos, which looks magnificent but looks not much good on a podcast. So hopefully we'll hear you play that in a moment. But before you do that for me, any other general comments? Anything else that's on your mind, you want to get off your chest or just talk about in terms of council? Yeah, I, I'm just glad that I made it on the council. Um, I feel, I'm actually feeling a bit guilty because I didn't attend a lot of the meetings, but I know I've been doing my business stuff, so, you know, overseas you can't attend a meeting, but, um, sort of started wondering about that, but, um, next year looks a little bit better, but it's really, um, rewarding to be part of the council because you get to make decisions on a lot of the stuff that's going to happen, not because I feel as though before I used to make, I used to watch what was happening and if I saw something, if I saw a decision made incorrectly that I thought about culture, I would write to the council and then it would have to be redone and I thought, well, that's a waste of time. I could probably do that 
you know, all cultural aspects could be covered if I was on the council. At the, the point of asking the question, you don't have to go out and ask everybody. Um, that's the way I thought, but with the memorandum of understanding or the contract or whatever it is now with um, the Aboriginal Working Party, I know that they carry a lot of weight when it comes to decision-making because of the agreements. But, um, yeah, one of the things I would like to see change has already changed. It took me two years to get on the Working Party and now it only takes a week. <laughs> Yes, it's amazing how things change when, mm. the, when the players change. Yes. Mm. Yes, right. Well, that's great. I've really enjoyed actually this year. It's been, I've really enjoyed the year with all councils actually, but I've really enjoyed the cultural landscape and the different lands that you bring to the table is absolutely critical, I think, for the future of our region. And I think we can make sure that we stay unique and different and exciting and, and really make it an experience for people to come to our region mm. by having that cultural landscape. So I think having you on council is really important and I think the people of Dubbo really appreciate having that different cultural landscape, that different cultural lens on council. So thanks so. for your time this year. And Thank uh, you. I, I really enjoy uh, looking, oh, sorry, Look I'm forward. looking forward to next year. So do I. Like mm. Next year I'm going to be a bit more um, vocal because, <laughs> you know, you got to listen sometimes, but, um, yeah, we'll see. And there's a lot to learn too for a new council. I remember back in my first year on council that I didn't say a lot because I was too busy absorbing everything and you didn't want to start talking without knowing that you had enough knowledge behind you. Yeah, that's right. I don't like walking. I don't like putting myself out on a branch that's going to (laughs) break. So I won't. I'll just sit there and listen. Sometimes when you shut up, you learn a lot more. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so I have sent you a challenge as well before this term of council ends that I, I want to get you to do some okay. digital lessons for all of our councillors. I think that would yeah. be a fantastic bonding experience. That's not a challenge for me. Well, it might be for it's us. For the, <laughs> it's for the, for the students. It might be. Uh, but you've got your dig here now, so yep. we might get set up there and we'll listen to a, a bit of didgeridoo. Uh, Lewis Burns playing his didgeridoo, one of his didgeridoos, and uh, and see how we go. I'm going to play... Um Guriel to the Rainbow Serpent, which is one of the dances that the dance group does. Well, I look forward to the point where we get all our councillors attempting to play something like that. I'm sure it won't be anywhere near that quality, but it'll be a a good bonding experience. Well, thank you for your time. I hope you enjoyed gaining further insight into the minds of our councillors related to activities in 2022 with a view to the future as well. We have a diverse group of councillors and we're working very well together as a team. Continue to provide feedback by sending emails to mayor at dabo.com and please follow or subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Until next week, Merrill Memo with Matthew Dickerson from Dubbo Regional Council.